The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to stay ahead of your competition, a lot of your success rises or falls based on your current marketing plan. Get ready for the Mojo Marketing Edge Radio Show. Today, hosts Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez will open up your awareness of the many different ways to market your business and reap major results. Now, here is the team behind Mojo Video Marketing, Ira and Corey. Hello, everybody. Corey Michael Sanchez here and also Mr. Ira Rosen. Hello, everyone, and we have some great, great, amazing content for you today, and you guys are in for uh, a real treat today. Right, Corey? That's right. This is the Mojo Marketing Edge. We are mojovideomarketing.com. You can check out our website and check out some really free bonuses and all kinds of free goodies for you there. But today, we are honored to be joined by a very special guest, and it's Bond Halpert. And, and Bond is phenomenal. He's got some really great projects going on, and he is the youngest son of the late Gary Halpert, who's legendary for his copywriting. And a uh, little known fact is that Bond was one of the first people to get taught by Gary the unique brand of marketing um, uh, using copy, using direct response in order to get more clients and customers. And um, together with his brother, Kevin, they've really put together some amazing resources, one of them being the GaryHalpertLetter.com. And uh, it's an amazing website. Go check it out because it's got lots of really great letters on there that you can, you can kind of take a look at, take a peek at, because it really utilizes the best practices for copywriting to get the most amount of response possible. And that's, that's really what we're here to talk about today. We're going to talk about copy. We're going to talk about lead generation. We're going to talk about you know, direct marketing and, and really getting into the minds and brains of your prospects. So let me give you a, a little bit more of an introduction with, uh, about Bond, and then we're going to get rolling here uh, because you know, Bond, he's, um, uh, you know, he's, he's done many consulting. He's taught many, many people. In fact, one of, the, one of his pupils is his teenage daughter who at the age of 14 already has a 40% open rate. And if you know open rate statistics that are out there, usually it's not that close. I mean, it's, it can be 10%, it can be 20% at the highest level possible. To have a 40% open rate is really huge, wouldn't you say, Ira? Absolutely. I mean, that's almost unheard of. And, um, you know, so, Bond, you know, I was reading about your daughter, who's 14 years old, and how she had a 40% open rate experience. Maybe you could talk about that for a moment. Sure, I can actually, um, what happened was basically my brother, and thanks for having me on, guys. Um, my brother and I were tooling along doing our business, and I wanted him to do something for me in uh, on a website. He was explaining to me that I just didn't know how difficult setting up an email and maybe a Weber was to get the formatting right, or I didn't know how, um, how difficult it was to update HTML pages. So I decided to go ahead and start a little website just to learn this as a lab for myself. 
to learn how to put things together. And so I just took a basically like a hobby type of idea. And I decided at the same time to start teaching my daughter things and show her the process as I build or learn because marketing really doesn't change. It's still a lot of experimenting. It's coming into a new media and finding out what, you know, how everything works and then applying the psychology of selling and the understanding of what people are interested in and putting it to good use and making money out of it. So what I started to do is I started to, you know, ask for uh, names and build a list because that was just part of, you know, the overall plan. Now I've do, been doing copywriting and marketing, so this, the concept stuff was kind of easy for me. But basically I started, you know, I would throw out an email and I would test things like, you know, whether a picture worked better or whether copy worked better. And it was just, it became like a lab where I could play with things because I played with little SEO stuff because I don't know anything about it. But I still managed to make, you know, um, above the fold on Google's first page. And as my daughter was doing this with me, I started to show her how to make, how to get email open rates high. And so one time I was showing her, you know, we were going through and I was showing her the statistics of emails we did. And I had her break down or kind of guess what was different about the ones that got higher open rates. And she started picking up right away on, you know, this left curiosity. You were dying to know about it when you came in. You know, she understood that there was a specificness to the benefit and all the things that we put into to getting really high open rates. And so she started picking up on it, and she showed a, a natural knack for it. And so, that, and then I said, okay, you write the email for this week. And she did. And she did. And she did this several times. And she, she typically gets like a forty percent open rate when she does. And so there's no magic to it. It really is just training. But you know, I think the the part that makes me proud is, you know, I'm giving my daughter a skill set that she'll be able to translate into later generations, or, I mean, in further on down the line, you know, just going going forward and sort of the same thing that my dad did with me, pick me up at an early age and say, you know, this is, this is the, the key, motiva- these are the keys that motivate people to take action and do what you want. Wow, that's fabulous! Now, now, did he, um, did Gary have you write some letters, or how? You know, when you're when he's training you and teaching you, I mean, what did that really look like? And you know, it, it, really, what what age did you did he start doing that? And uh, you know, what did that look like over the years? Well, it was a lot of experimenting with me, is what it was. Um, <laughs> but one of the one of the things that he taught me very early on was that it's a you know. It's really more about understanding people than it is being able to write well. Now, I can write pretty well, and my dad definitely certainly wrote very well indeed, and that helps. But the, one of the main keys that he was teaching me was that, you know, it's, it's about how you persuade. You know, and you pick up your persuasion techniques from your parents. If your mom and dad, like, you know, scream and make a scene inside the store to get what they not want, you'll learn to do that. If your mom and dad turn around and, you know, they kiss up and they're nice to everybody to get what they want, you'll learn to do that. And my dad was just like a master of persuasion. And so being with him in almost any sense of the word helped to do that. But when he decided to start training me, what he did was he made it like trial, sort of like trial by fire. What we did was he just threw me in and kept, took me. Um, and mind you, I was very young at the time, like, you know, 10 or 11 when it started, and this just went on for years. Um, what he did, would do is take me 
two meetings, you know, business meetings and brainstorming sessions, and I went with him, you know, through every aspect of his entire business. But we would even go to these things, and he would tell me, explain, this is what we're going to go do, and this is what the list brokers, how the list broker is going to try and screw me, or this is what, you know, I want to get from this person that I want to do a JV deal with, and this is what I'm after, and I would be there for the meeting. I would watch the whole thing go down, and as I, a little bit, you know, a few years later, I'm actually a participant in these meetings. And then he would give me the after-action assessment. He would say, well, this is what that guy said, but this is what he's really going to do and what it really means. And so he started training me in every aspect of his business, but he let me into the thought process behind it. He didn't just say, do this. And so when it came down to the things that he trained other A-list copywriters to do later, what he did was he would take the practical things that he had, you know, lessons he had taught me or honed through his seminars over the years, and, he, you know, and then eventually refined that down to more of a process of training. So basically, I was the original trainee in the guinea pig <laughs> um, for a lot of the stuff, like handwriting out letters, successful letters and predicting results and going through, you know, my first job was at a list broker you know, in the, in the card room and so forth. And so all of that, you know, and that was all direct response. But the great part about it for me was when you learn it that early, you really learn the key concepts that are much more valuable than the technique. Because if you understand, like if you understand 976 and 900 numbers are about being able to get small, quick bits of information or entertainment or content for a small amount of money that's, you know, got no hassle to grab and everything, you start to realize all of that applies to short code text messaging these days. You know, but if you don't see if you don't see that, you just think, oh, nine seven six and nine hundred numbers. That's so passe and old. It's archaic technology. Who cares? It's useless. You know, it's useless knowledge to know how to market to the to those groups. But in but in when you get the concepts and everything, you can start updating this stuff. That's wild. <laughs> so wow. yeah, that's crazy. So you had you know this is phenomenal stuff. So from very early age, you were doing this, and so. You got hired. And by the way, what age did you start becoming a, a list broker? And I imagine that was because well, you were in all these meetings all the time. Well, I didn't become a list broker. I started working for a list brokerage. It was my first job. I was 15. And I worked in the data card room because that gave, that's where all the info was. You know, back in the day where what we spent most of our time, a lot of our time was in libraries and reference desks. You know, this is pre-internet. And so information, articles, fascinating stories, you know, this was all fodder that made for good marketing later. And so, you know, he put me, he made sure I was in the midst of it and could start to discern and understand the value of it, the value of a list and the names and recency and, you know, hot lists and understanding everything, you know, merge purges and everything in the direct mail and, and, and space ad business. But again, more importantly, is what, you know, I was able to take this stuff and translate it to online quite easily. So my dad has this famous speech called the APAL BPAL speech. And it's how to get your snail mail opened and read. And I took that speech and I, under, I broke it down to the core concepts and applied it to email marketing. And when I did it to that experimental site I was talking about, you know, the list has about 3,000 names on it. It's just for playing around, but I'd still get like a 76% open rate. And it, and it was and when I took the the bigger list that we had on our main business sites, and I would talk to people at you know even at the mailing places like Aweber or GetResponse, and they're like, "Wow, your open rates are really high." And uh, it, it's all because I was able to adapt that stuff. 
So if you've got time, I'll give you one quick lesson that might be of value to everybody who has email lists. Yeah, we'd love that. Please. Okay, well, here's the thing. A lot of people, when they get to, when the first part of my dad's APAL, BPAL speech is that he took his envelope, and this is actually back in the day, he was having lackluster results with his tests. And he sat down and said, you know, if somebody had a gun to my head and was going to pull the trigger unless I made a sale, what would I do differently? And this is the first known instance I know of gun to the head marketing and that type of thinking and that, that terminology because this was done in like 1968 or 1969. But anyway, so the first thing he said he would do is put a, send it first class. And the reason for that was... He wanted it delivered. Back then, bulk, rail, bulk mail simply was just not delivered as regularly, and if the post office was feeling extra burdened that day, some of the employees might be found dumping a lot of the bulk mail in the trash. You know, it's not tracked as much. Nobody will notice, and who cares, right? So he would send it first class because of that. So my very first concern with email marketing was getting my mail delivered. And the first thing I did was walk through this process like I, like I was getting the email, just like my dad thought about the process of coming home and sorting through his mail. And I said, the very first thing that's going to happen is when they capture the email address. Everybody was capturing bad email addresses because this is how it really works. You have a problem. Let's suppose that you, know, you have a sciatic nerve and you wanna, you wanna, you're looking for a homeopathic solution to it. So you go online. And you type it into Google, and you find that somebody swears they have the answer to your problem. And so what you do is you take that answer, uh, uh, but they say that they're going to send it to you in a PDF where you've got to join their list to get access, and so they want an email address. So what you do is you put in a spam email address. Okay? And the guy says, well, you know, not so fast. I'm sending you a double confirmation link to make sure that you sent me a real email address. So you go to your spam email address. And there's 500 to 1,000 emails that have piled up there since the last time you visited. You go right to the top and you find the, the marketer's link. So what you do is you click on it and you open it and it's either got one of two things. You know, after you confirm, that, you know, hit the confirmation link. He's either delivered and you're off trying this or he failed to deliver and you're off searching the Internet to find another solution. Either way, you delete all 500 to 1,000 emails right, on your, on your way um, out of the email account. But later that day, you notice that, there's 20 e- that you're in your regular personal email account and you see that there's 20 messages in the spam folder. And you don't just delete them. You open them and you scan them to make sure grandma didn't slip through the cracks. And the moral of this is it would be better for your mail to end up in the primary in the uh, spam box of a primary email address than for your mail to end up in the primary box of a spam email address before worrying about spam the first thing i did was worrying about getting a primary email address and so i asked myself what can i do to get a primary email address and what would make me give give up one well one if there's something time sensitive i'm afraid i'm going to miss it right two if I see and I know what I'm getting, so I want it. Throw a preview of some, some content, some material or something, and let them know what they're going to get. If it's really proprietary, blur out some of the critical spots. But the more they understand and get a preview of what they're going to expect and look forward to it and want it. And so, you know, I would put in verbiage like, you know, join our mailing list or sign up to be on our list because we offer time and be sure to, uh, we offer time sensitive deals and alerts and announcements, so be sure to enter a primary email address. 
And the other thing I noticed is nobody has a spam email address online. So I would create campaigns that were directly targeting the mobile user. And I would say, okay, get these newsletters, and they're formatted so you can read them on your mobile phone while you're commuting or at the gym and so forth. And what people would, you know, when people are going to sign up for that, if there's some kind of delivery they want to get on mobile, they're going to give you a primary email address. That's fabulous. So two wow. two really big lessons there is is number one gun to the head marketing is what <laughs> if you had to make a sale what would you do I think if you looked at it in terms of that I mean that that would that changes the mindset the your your where you're coming from your positioning when it comes to all this so I think that's killer and then obviously getting the primary email which is is phenomenal so you talked about a couple different things which is um, you know to show them a preview of what they're going to get you know time sensitive maybe some deals and all that's and, and all that information so that's really really exceptional I mean I thought this was really phenomenal yeah um, yeah I love buying this is this is great stuff let's talk for a moment about um, I, two things I wanted to talk to you about one was I it's obvious that you use NLP um, in your copy and trigger words hot words and things that really evoke emotion so maybe you can talk about that a little bit I'm sure you have some uh, great great thoughts on that well, I do and I don't. Um, what happened, my, everybody assumes that my father and I do a lot of NLP, and we don't. What we do is we're very much in tune to what it is that we feel, that what we do. So when somebody is, so for example, I'm very in tune to how I feel when somebody nods their head versus shaking their head. And I'm very in tune to when somebody says in my copy, you know, you, you know, hey, you should go do this. And I, my first thought is, no, I'm not. I'm go, you know, I'm going to prove that you're wrong. You know, so for example, I'll give you an example. Somebody in copy might say or come to you and say, you know, hey, you really, should see, you really need to see this movie or you should see this movie. And if it's a really close friend, you'll take it. But if it's a moderate, you know, a moderate stranger, there's a very good chance that what you're going to do is say, oh, no, I don't. But if they turn around and say, I just saw this movie and it was really fantastic and it's about this subject, which you know that the other person is interested in, you know, you know that's putting it in a phrasing in a way that I get it, or, or excuse me, that is more palatable and easier to take in. So basically what, what my dad and I do is we have, a, we have a natural inclination towards it because, like I said, I picked up persuasion from him, and my dad had no, he did not have one, you know, bag, one trick in his bag for persuasion. He had multiple tricks, but they almost all boiled back down to a very, very, I would say, humble understanding of yourself you know, and a very realistic understanding of that and a very realistic understanding that, you know, you're not alone, <laughs> you know, that other, that other people, there, a large group of people do feel the same way and a large group of people think completely different. And so what, it, what we ended up doing was stu- studying the psychology. A good friend of mine who was actually a um, protege of my dad's as well put it pretty well when he said what my dad was was a social scientist. He would go out and just mess with people to see the reaction he could get. He would see what would trigger emotion and what wouldn't. And he did it in everything. He painted his cars pink, and he kept them pink after doing it once because he just loved the reaction it got from people. And people either hated it or loved it, which is another great marketing lesson, which was, you know, go after the people who love you. Don't worry about the people who hate you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's important. You want to, I mean, really great marketing should create that dichotomy, really. So that's that's a fabulous point there. And we're going to take a short break. 
And when we come back, we're going to learn more about Bon Halbert and email marketing and lead generation with email marketing and direct response. So we'll see you in a moment. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, we're back. Corey Michael Sanchez here, Mr. Ira Rosen. This is mojovideomarketing.com. And we are talking today to Bon Halbert, who's talking all about some really great information about copywriting and direct response as it relates to lead gen. So I'm going to throw a question over to Bon, all about getting high open rates with email. So Bon, tell us a little bit about what are some of the secrets to getting emails opened and read? Okay, well, the first one, which we kind of highlighted a little bit before, is you need a good email address. It all starts with that. I could, I could send you winning lottery ticket numbers. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't do any good if, you have, if I'm sending them to an address that's right. not going to get to you. <laughs> but after that, there are some other things. And I'll give you some tips on this. But for, one thing I want to explain is I don't believe there's any absolutes in marketing. Okay, which is to say that, you know, one technique is, you know, have like one person mailing every single day or six times a day isn't the better thing to do for somebody who's mailing more sporadically and so forth. So, so I don't believe any one particular formula beats all, but so here's some guidance on it. First, look at the whole picture of where your prospect is. So in other words, when you're sending an email to them, it's not, don't look at just this is the email they're getting this morning. Understand the emails they got before. Is this the third in the autoresponder sequence and the third automatic email they're getting? Have they known you for just a little bit of time? Or have you sent 400 of these identical emails and they're sick of it and the, the open rate is decreasing and you can see that? 
But the majority of the time, your, the biggest factor in your open rate is what you've sent them before. It's what they expect out of you. And so you want to pay attention to that overall process. And there are some things that you can do to make, to tweak it. Like one, you know, people are addicted to random rewards. That's what, you know, gambleholics are addicted to. You know, they, they, um, they, it's more, it's more driving to you and to your soul and to your desire. Because if you think about the email marketing is like relationship building. And the person you want to hear from most is usually somebody who you had a, you know, you knew pretty well. You had a great time when you were with them. When they pop in, it's kind of, you know, you never know when it's going to happen. But when they do, there's usually, you know, fun times and goodness ensues. Okay. And you never quite know what to expect. That's usually the epitome of the, you know, the most cool person in your life you want to hear from. I'm not saying it's the person you love the most, like your wife who's there with you every day and stuff like that. But relationship-wise, those things are more exciting, and you can mimic that kind of with your email and your routine. So in the beginning for doing that, I like to send great content up front first, and I like to mail in the beginning until I am unforgettable, right? And then my timing of my emails will basically uh, be based on when I have something good and exciting to say, and I want it to, and I would welcome it being a little more random, Okay. Um, but that's, so that's one thing. The other thing is you need compelling subject lines. There's no doubt about that. And with that, you want to study headline writing, you know, understanding that there's a, a point of benefit and curiosity in there. And a little trick, a little trick for that is when you're doing benefit or curiosity, make it a specific, uh, specifically vague. I know that sounds kind you know, like they're contradictory terms, but there's an easy way to do it and, and to explain it at the same time, which is to add numbers to your subject lines. Now, not every single one, because remember, if they're just so used to you sending seven things you need to know before, seven things you need to know before this and that, you know, over and over again, you're going to beat that, you know, that list is going to get pretty bored of it. But when you offer a number, and it's any number, so I could send an email and say, you know, great email marketing tips. Uh, but if I say great email marketing tips for 2015, now there's a specificness to that promise. There's a specificness that the, that the email tips I'm getting are good, they're current, and they're going to be good for the following year coming up. Okay, I've still left the curiosity. I still left the benefit. But I just offer something, you know, I offered a way to make it a little bit more specific. So if you study subject lines or uh, headline writing, and you want to you kind of go a little bit more on the curiosity bent with them. And the other thing is, don't shoot for high, really high open rates all the time. You're out for sales. You're out for conversions. You're out for money. So what I do is normal, you know, normally... Most email marketers want to mail you multiple times to get what they call the hockey stick effect. And the hockey stick effect in sales shows that, you know, when you first, you know, announce something for sale, you get a, a big boost. And then subsequent emails reminding people that you've got something for sale, the sales start to come down. And then when you finally say, hey, this is the last 24 hours or last chance to get a bonus or whatever it is, the sales spike up much higher than the initial sales. And it looks like a hockey stick graph. So to get that graph, you have to mail them multiple times. And so what I do is a little formula that I, what I do is I first mail them a subject line that is really heavy on curiosity. It's designed to try and get the highest open rate and get the most people into doing it. So, you know, I've done things like, you know, thank God my dad went to prison, 
Okay, and by the way, you have to take these subject lines and tie them in and make the reader feel like they got what they were coming for and weren't just tricked into opening the email. So it must tie in properly. But I've done that. I've done, um, you know, the Holy Trinity of copywriting books. And, you know, Trinity was my number, by the way. <laughs> and so what, that, what those would do is get a whole lot of people interested in going to read what it was about. The second email I would send out was designed to take the people who had read the first one but didn't buy and kick them over the edge, uh, over the fence a little bit, or pick up the people who weren't so curiosity motivated but needed more benefit. So the second email may say, you know, uh, email marketing lessons learned from prison, right? Which is more of a reminder to the people who've read it before, that this is what's going on. And then the third one will be a sense of urgency or call to action, which is, trying to, which is basically move, or, you know, move, or, move it or lose it opportunity that, makes people, that, that warns everybody that the offer is coming to an end. But the great part about that is if you do that warning in the beginning, or excuse me, in the subject line, you're not shooting for high open rates, but you're telling the entire list that this email promotion series is coming to an end and you'll probably get back to more content right after that. So it preserves the list, gets the maximum number of opens, and doesn't make you know, and it doesn't burn the list, making them feel like you're just doing nothing but curiosity clickbank or clickbait, and you're doing nothing but you know, going to be promoting this li- promoting this offer to them incessantly for the next two months. Wow, that's fabulous! That's some killer Ooh. content. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this, because um, I'm very curious about this. I know tr- Trinity is one of your favorite words and all that stuff, and we're talking about subject lines. What? What are some of your other favorite subject lines that you've used that have worked out really well? Well, Trinity was good. That got over 52% and drove three books. That one email sent once drove three copywriting books to the top four spots on Amazon for the day. And each of those books had a free version online, too. <laughs> nice. Wow. So, it wasn't, so, by the way, so that means I tied it into the click-through rate. But, you know, like, the, the thing for me is it's not about, wow, that's a great subject line. It's more about understanding the audience. And I'll give you a great example. One of the highest subject lines I ever did was this um, site, the experimental site we did, was about free things to do in L.A. So I sent, I sent out an email, and this was 100% true, it says we just added 76 new events to the calendar, or 76 events to the calendar of free things to do in L.A. this weekend, right? Wow. <laughs> so everybody is like, okay, how do, you, how do you even get that many number of events? I'm busy this weekend. I'm leaving town, but I'm still curious enough to want to open <laughs> it and check it out. And I think that one got like a 76% open wow. rate or something, something really high. That was a smaller list. The one that I told you got 50 plus, that's on a list with way over 10,000 names. And 10,000 is the demarcation where I say, okay, this is super statistically relevant. <laughs> got it. But, but I hear people all the time talk about, you know, they've got a list of 40,000 names and they get 400 opens. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> you know, um, you know how, how do you get so, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about getting 400 clicks after they open. Yep, yep. There you, you know, go. From the same number of emails. I love it. Okay, good. So you've got so you've got some go-to favorites, but it's more about knowing the list and delivering that to, you know, exactly what they're looking for at the right time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, and what you can you can also look for a trick that allows you to do it every once in a while. Now, don't burn your list out. But my daughter can always go back and say, "Hey, 
We just added 17 more things. Mm-hmm. As long as that doesn't come out every week, that's something reusable. Yeah, really. Thank God my dad. Thank God my dad went to prison. It's more fun. People love it, but I can't reuse that every week. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, yeah. Really, what you're doing here, this is really uh, uh, elegant uh, storytelling, and you're you're weaving, you're hooking them in the very beginning, and you're you're keeping that theme or that uh, that mystery along the way and triggering the curiosity. And that's you know, really, it's all about it's all about. The story, I mean, that's why 60 Minutes was the number one uh, magazine show of its kind for all these years is people love their stories, and they did a big thing on that a while back. But, you know, that's really what this is, is amazing storytelling and really make it fun, make it interesting, make it a little bit unpredictable, out of the box, and really uh, trigger, take them to a place they've never been before and really have a little bit of fun with your audience. And I think uh, that's what Richard Branson always talks about is have fun with your audience. You know, don't be so uptight and, you know, really get, you know, really get, um, get them engaged. Uh, Dan, tell me your, tell, I know that you, you guys have done lots of stuff um, in concert, I'm sure, with Dan Kennedy. Tell me what, tell me what kind of things you guys have done together um, over the years. Well, my dad and uh, and my dad and Dan were very well connected, and so I knew Dan well growing up. But it wasn't I didn't have a close relationship with him when my dad did. But Dan started actually working. He got his first real uh, digs into the or uh, you know bite into the direct marketing excuse me the direct marketing business through Halberts Incorporated, the company that my dad started. Actually, if he got fired from the last job he ever held the day I was born. <laughs> it might have been the wow. day before. But for, for wearing orange socks, no less. Um, but then um, he started Halberts Incorporated, and he wrote a letter, which eventually became one of the most widely mailed sales letters in history. And when he, we moved all out to California, my da- uh, Dan Kennedy started working at Halberts and started learning about my dad. And you know, my, so my dad had, he had, you know, became one of the very early students of my father. But... Even better than that, though, Dan became the epitome of somebody who took my dad's actions and put a real serious work ethic into it and applying them and did just phenomenal job at it. And so he, he's just, he's great, great, great marketer. And the, the thing that I did with him recently is we just put out the Gary Halbert Letters All-Star Audio Series. And so we knew a lot of people would like to read the Gary Halbert Letter because it's a you know, world-famous letter that's just been a classic everybody's loved for ages. And if you study copywriting, Paris Lompropolis put it the best when he said, that, you know, when you study copywriting, all roads end up leading back to Gary Halbert. you like, all these roads lead you to, you know, <laughs> Dan Kennedy or somebody else. And then you go back and go, wait a minute, you know, this, when you read the letter, you're like, oh, this is where everybody's getting, you know, this is where it all boils back to. Now, some of them improve on it, too. I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. But the letter's so popular, we decided a lot of people would like to listen to it as opposed to reading it. So we started calling the biggest marketers at, you know, in my phone book and copywriters and said, hey, would you guys read an issue of the Gary Halbert letter and then add your own commentary to it? You know, tell lessons about it, you know, share resources or, you know, do whatever you, uh, whatever you want to add to the commentary. And Dan Kennedy came on and did it. In fact, um, we even got Ben Zavinga to come out <laughs> you know, of retirement wow. to actually do this. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's one of the, it's the most current thing that me, my brother and I are extremely proud of because we haven't, you know, 
everybody who's listened to any of it has been like, this thing's awesome. And Dan Kennedy's, he just laid, he, when you listen to his commentary, <laughs> you're like, you know, no wonder he is considered so, you know, no wonder he's so preeminent. He's such a consummate professional. He's got his stuff nailed. He knows it cold. He does a great job, and he just delivers value. So, Brian, here's a question. I would, uh, I know myself and Corey in the audience right now would love to get a hold of that audio series. So, could you just uh, tell us where we could um, uh, snag that and track it down? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to give you two places to go for it. First, if if you've got iTunes, just go to iTunes and grab it. <laughs> Type in the Gary Halbert Letters, L-E-T-T-E-R-S, and you will see part one and two show up. And you know you've got a really powerful list when the list alphabetically starts with Ben Zavinga, got Kennedy in the middle, and Joe Sugarman at the end. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, it's part one and part two, and you can just grab it from that. But one of the things we found out after doing this, because we're one of, you know, this was experimenting. This is what marketing, the real, real direct response marketing is about. It's experimenting in new venues. We didn't know anybody who was actually selling any content through iTunes, so, but we decided to try it, and so we're doing it. Um, and, you know, the, it, but one of the things that we did learn through this trial process is that, you know, iTunes can cost a lot more if you're outside the United States. And also that there are some people who just don't like, you know, they don't have iTunes or it won't work for them or they have trouble navigating it. So we did do put up a direct download link. And you can access that. I'm going to give you the name of a site that's really ugly. <laughs> but my brother just throws up links there where you can grab it. Well, actually, I'll give you two. One is just go to thegaryhalbertletter.com. Now just give you that one because I think it's it's got the other link that'll take you to it. And when you look at the Gary Halbert Letters All Star Audio Series, you will see links, and one of them is for a direct download for the straight up MP3 version. Fabulous! Wow! Right on! Oh, that's great! Yeah. Excellent! Oh, it's it's it, you know what I mean? It's the it's the hottest audio series in the you know on the subject of just copywriting that I've ever experienced, and I've been around I've been around <laughs> this stuff for thirty years. Over 30 years. I, it's the only thing that, made me, that gave me goosebumps when I started hearing Joe Sugarman and Ben Zavinga and Kennedy reading issues of the Gary Halbert letter. It's the, it's the only way we could have ever improved on the, uh, on the letters themselves, and you know, it's, it's something we're very proud of. Yeah, I mean, really, that's fabulous because, you know, nowadays it's all about collaboration. And, and truly, you know, that's, you know, you and your brother have done an amazing job of you know, passing the baton forward and then, you know, leveraging all these amazing, talented people that are out there in that space. So, you know, uh, congratulations and and really putting that together because, you know, this is, it would be, what a crying shame to have all that amazing information just sit there and then just not get passed forward. So that's, I think that's so important nowadays because, you know, in every, in every generation, there's that, there's that one special person in a niche. And obviously, you know, your dad, you know, your dad certainly has impacted, you know, the world of direct response and copywriting in a very profound way. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know, actually, I can't even think of any copywriters had a greater impact on the world of copywriting. I mean, his, his opening and closings are still replicated. I mean, besides people just directly stealing letters, <laughs> his opening and closing copy is some of the most replicated copy I've ever seen. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know? No, it's fabulous. And he's obviously made a huge difference and impacted entrepreneurs and copywriters all over the planet. So it's, it's great to see it. And it's great that you, you are taking it and passing it passing on the baton, baton essentially, and, uh, you know, giving people access to these because otherwise there's a whole bunch of works like this that could have just been lost had you not decided to make it available to the public. So thank you for that. Very welcome. Yeah. And we look forward to more and more. We're, gonna, we're just on a, we're on a tear right now to start putting out more and more of his content in more different forms of media. Love it. Love it. Okay, good. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about lead generation and copy. We'll be back in just a moment. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Listen for MD Radio on the Voice America Variety Channel. That's Muscular Development Radio. Every Monday, your host, Sean Ray, will take you inside the world of bodybuilding and health and fitness. The show will feature Hall of Fame bodybuilders, trainers, judges, and the future champions of tomorrow. Plus, you'll be invited to participate in our call-in Ask the Pros feature. And our nutritional spotlight will feature products that can help you achieve your fitness goals. MD Radio is broadcast live Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to the Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com. Now, back to this week's show. Right on. All right, we're back. Corey Michael Sanchez, Ira Rose, and mojovideomarketing.com. Today we're on with Bon Halpert, whose father was known as the Prince of Print. And uh, that would make Bond the heir to the throne over here. And uh, so we're talking about copy today. And, you know, we've been focusing a lot on lead generation and copy. And, and Bond, do you have, do you have any additional tips for copywriting when it comes to, to writing copy to get names and addresses? Well, okay, uh, besides going after a primary address, which I mentioned before, um, you should also go after snail mail addresses, by the way. Um, a lot of people think short-sightedly and don't go for those because they figure I'm never going to spend money to mail to them when I can email for free, um, which is a shame because people change email addresses more often than they do snail mail addresses. Um, <laughs> one thing that I would consider, the two, two things. One, wherever you're generating your lead, and this is true, this is a copywriting tip as well, Always pay attention to the media and the ex- overall experience that the user has for that. And because every media has its own norms. 
And by that, what I mean is you value your time um, by reading and video time and computer time and TV time all differently. I could turn around and say, you know, hey, Ira, Corey, I want you guys to listen to this track, this song that I created, and you'll turn it on and you will listen to it for maybe a good minute, maybe even the whole song. If I turn around and say, you know, there's a television program you should check out tonight, or actually that I checked out, I think you you would <laughs> is is wonderful. You might, you know, you'll give it uh, you'll give it several minutes, maybe even a whole half an hour of your time. If I ask you to really quickly read this 12 page letter, you'll roll your eyes in the back of your head <laughs> and say, there's, you know, let me get back to that at a later time. Sure. So always keep that in mind, wherever you're doing your lead generating ad or whenever you're doing your copy. And it doesn't mean that it's wherever there is, you know, so, so the first part is actually the decision to read. <laughs> it's the decision to watch. You go click on a video, shows you that this is two hours long, everybody drops. In fact, there is a video they did these statistics on, you know, the analytics on, and they found that it was a Jay Abraham video, and everybody dropped right at the one spot. So they go and queue up the video, and right at that queue spot, he says, okay, now over the next two hours, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. everybody just dropped off right away. So understand how your user feels about the media and the whole, you know, where they are at when they got to it, you know, the timing, are they just getting back from work or, you know, as much as you possibly can understand. The other thing is keep it simple. You're only after a name. If you, you know, if you're offering a three-hour video course just for, for an email name, it's going to sound a little desperate and feel a little desperate. Um, but you want to still follow the formula of ADA, attention, interest, desire, and action. Okay, which that film messes up and calls decision and action. Um, but you, what you want to do is you're, do, you're first getting their attention, and then you're saying something that's going to make them interest, and then you're making them desire for what's on the other side of that email, and then, of course, the action is to click now you know, while you're giving it away. And there's no reason not to apply, apply that in a very short, simple form when you're doing it. Um, and so, you know, Lead generation these days, there's so many ways to do it. You know, there's a quiz, and, you know, we want you to go ahead and click and like this and share it with all your Facebook friends so we can create a custom audience, <laughs> you know. Or, we, you know, we want to, um, you know, you can opt in for this free PDF. There's a million ways to do it. But uh, timing-wise, you want to keep it simple, and you want to get quickly to the point of getting the email address. You know, I could... once, once you get the email address, you can then market to them. Wow, that's that's fabulous. I couldn't help but note that um, uh, you're talking about uh, decision and action. And uh, I was a student of Dale Carnegie for over 40 years. And, you know, they're the five steps to a sale, um, uh, attention, interest, conviction, desire, close. And so uh, obviously your dad, um, I'm sure, read all those books because that's that's the whole skeleton of, of you know what he bases everything on. It's very interesting hearing this because um, it all you know just it all loops together and uh, but your you know the methodologies here are really solid because you know there's a lot it's all psychology you know you they've got to be interested before there's no way they're gonna they're gonna look at your content unless you have the interest they've got to be convicted they gotta there's got to be the credibility there's got to be the desire you got to take them to that place where they're motivated to take the next step so you know great stuff question for you what what would you say are the 
the you know maybe the three most important things for people that are listening right now that they need to really pay attention to when they do their copywriting because what happens is people get they get confused they go in a lot of different directions and so for somebody that's just really sort of a novice at this what are some of the basics that they should really uh, pay attention to and and really look at okay well first thing is with your marketing um, all your power in your marketing comes from your research um, I like to for my I like to give the example of looking at the Domino's Pizza campaign that started that company, which or blew it up. The one that um, where it was thirty minutes or less, or your pizza's free. Right. They understood that their market was absolutely sick and tired of not knowing whether the pizza was going to come in twenty minutes or an hour and a half. It would come after lunch was already over and be cold, or it was, you know, or it would come so fast because they expected it in an hour and a half that nobody was ready for it. It would sit around and get cold, right? <laughs> so they knew their audience so well that they came up with that marketing campaign. And that marketing campaign was genius because of the power and the research. It had nothing to do with the copy. They could have said half an hour or it's on us, 30 minutes or it's free. You know, <laughs> if we don't have it to you in under 30, you know, it's on us. You know, they could reword it anytime, they, any way they wanted. The message was still extremely powerful, and it's because of the research. So, one, never underestimate knowing your market. If you can reverberate and tell them, look, I'm one of you. This is the stuff that I hate, and I've, so I've created a solution to it. This is the stuff I love, and I'm going to give you more of it. You give that message to the right people at the right timing, <laughs> you know, to the right people at the right time with the right offer. The, the copy will, you know, will help. I'm not saying it doesn't, but, you know, that's the big key and the big fundamental. I actually don't focus that much on copy. I get the best compliment on my copy you could ever get, which is nobody ever mentions it. They don't say it's bad. They don't say it's good. They only t- they say only talk about the offer because the copy is clear. Okay, so in it's in it's I put more focus on creating offers and deals that sometimes are so good that people skip right over the offer and go right you know or the copy and go right to buy. So when I tell people about the All Star Audio series, in the long copy I've got in there, it explains that there's an issue in there that was unposted. People don't even notice it or pay attention to that or the bonuses. They just go in and buy, right? <laughs> Um, because the offer is so compelling and it's to the right crowd, you know, and it's the right deal. The second thing is, after your research, the prof- you know, all your professionalism in copy really comes from the editing phase. Okay, that's where going over your copy over and over, reading it out loud, doing a that hunt, um, you know, uh, finding the place where it's hinky, looking for words that are redundantly used, and all of the other tricks that you use in the formula, because it's basically a formula for editing copy and making it really slick and smooth. Now, that is where the professionalism in the copy comes from. The part of actually sitting down and writing the copy, actually, well, let me pull back one thing. The talent in marketing, which you don't need that much if you know your market really well and you know the research because the right solutions start to present themselves anyway, but the talent in marketing is in developing the hook and the offer. The actual writing of the copy, the, what I call the copy dump, putting it down on words, is the least, it takes the least time of the entire process. Got it. That's fabulous. Great information there. So we got... You know, research, make sure you have a clear offer, a clear hook, and that, and that's, that'll always steer you in the right direction. And, and uh, we, you know, we've got a couple minutes left, so I just want to 
ask you a, a, a quick question. And what's the difference between writing copy for video scripts, landing pages, and emails? Um, again, you want to really pay attention to the media and the norms there. You know, how long can you go with a video? How long can you go with an audio? How long, you know, what bores people and what doesn't? But for writing the copy, um, it's, they, they differ all based on that. So I find writing copy for video pretty easy. But there's a trick to it that, that other people will find hard. So the reason I find it easy is I don't care if there's a you know, run on a sentence. I can sit there and talk to you all day long, and I can repeat, 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 repeat myself, and it's not nearly as uh, distracting and taking the, the user out of the experience you've created for them um, on, that it does on paper. You can do that in video, and you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff um, when, you, when you do it on video. But video, you have to understand the power of the media. You have to understand what, vi- what you could put on that screen visually because there's nothing more bo- boring in video than just an audio and a stagnant shot. Look at C-SPAN. You cannot watch C-SPAN. And the reason is, they, you know, but if they put it to really cool music and they did action shots and went boom, 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 and went back and forth, they could, they could make a city hall meeting sound exciting. <laughs> The, but so if you have to, when you do it, writing copy for video, you sort of have to storyboard it first and understand what's going to be visually appearing to go along with the copy that you're doing, okay? When you're writing email copy, it can, you know, once it gets to a certain, it's certain length, it's way too long, you kind of need to make it an, a brief thing where you can say, click here to, get, you know, to, to go to a place where the norm is for more information, like a web page, right? A landing page, you know, that you usually are allotted by the reader <laughs> or the observer more latitude in a, in a landing page. But even in a landing page, again, this all goes back to the decision to read, to watch. So if you go to your landing page and you want to just cram a 50-page sales letter in there, that's not really going to work either. They're going to start seeing that the little right is only scrolling a little bit, and they've been reading for 20 minutes. <laughs> so they'll scroll down and go, oh, I'm not reading all of this. And the, but there's a way to cure that, which is you say, you know, you put in subheads about the information they want, like the special guarantees and stuff, and you put in the main point, and then you have a little see more that doesn't take them to another page, but expands that copy. So you could basically hide a 54-page sales letter in a, like a two-page web page. Love it. That's kick-ass. But, <laughs> but, if, but you must understand... The media that you're working in, you want to, and you want to take the most advantage you can of that. And, when you, and you take advantage of it to the advantage of your user, to your prospect, to your customer. Okay? So my customer wants, you know, wants to go and find out. I, my, my most recent copy for the All, All-Star Audio series, I put what's the All-Star, who was Gary Halbert, in big, bold letters, so people who know who he is can ignore it and go right to what's, the, what's inside the series or what's in the letters for me or who are the all-stars, right? Yep. And it's based on the user being able to scroll and quickly get to the information that user needs to make a decision to purchase or not. Got it. Got it. Absolutely. Clarity. Fab. Yeah, clarity. That's so, super important. And, no, you've given us a lot of great clarity on some really important, practical, realistic things that people can do from gun-to-the-head marketing. What would you do if you had to make a sale and your life depended on it, to sending letters first class, to making, sh- making sure you get a primary email address, something as simple as that, because it's way better to get somebody's primary email address than to get a spam one. To, uh, you want to really be that friend, that person that 
that they want to hang out with, quote unquote, is and and really speak to that on that level. You want to engage with the curiosity. We went through some great subject lines here. We talked about researching to know your market and making sure your, your offer is clear. So this has been a phenomenal session right here with Bond Halbert. If you want to check more out about what he's up to, then you can check out the GaryHalbertLetter.com. Is it is it plural? Let me look at this domain. The GaryHalbertLetter.com, singular, and. Go there, check out many of the phenomenal letters that he's got up there. It's really amazing stuff. Check him out there. Also check out his, and you can go to that same link and get the content on all these other copywriting greats and geniuses reading basically public, you know, unpublished and published versions of the Gary Halbert letter. So really looking forward to you checking that out. Thanks so much, Bond, for being on the program. We really appreciate it. For everybody out there, check, uh, check out more at mojovideomarketing.com. And you can always check out this program on voiceamerica.com. Thanks so much for wrapping it up. Anything else, Ira, before we yeah, wrap? Yeah, fine. Exceptional uh, interview. Uh, I'm actually going to listen to the whole interview over again. And I'm going <laughs> to definitely go ahead and I'm going to download uh, you know, all, that, all that content you're referring to. because, uh, And I'm very excited about getting this in front of our audience and having them really uh, share, you know, what you've shared with us today. But this is just, this is so important, and I think it's one of these things that really gets uh, misconstrued and, you know, people get confused on it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for for visiting us and and, uh, listening in. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Voice America, this is the Mojo Marketing Edge. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in to The Mojo Marketing Edge with Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.